Good morning. Welcome to Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network, the show with the pro and the caddy. That would be Adam and Smitty. My name is Eric. I'm just the host. Let's get into it, boys. Last week, PGA Championship at Southern Hills. That was a pretty crazy tournament from the start with Rory jumping out to a day one lead, but fading as Rory does in consistency. And then, of course, Sunday wrapped up in thrilling fashion before we talk about the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial in Fort Worth this week. I want to get your lasting impressions from the PGA. Smitty, how are you doing? And what are some of your takeaways from the weekend that was? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be back this week. Um, another great tournament coming up. But uh, yeah, my reactions from the weekend, it was, you know, like we talked about on the last show, we were 100% correct in all the guys being in the mix come Sunday, man. And it's like, and then the guy who's seven strokes back, right, ends up coming <laughs> all the way back and winning it. There's... It's quite the quite the show we put uh, that JT put on there on Sunday and um, had all kinds of drama, you know, um, with Mito going into the to 18th hole and whipping his driver out when he didn't really need to. <laughs> um, that's an interesting interesting concept there. I wasn't really sure. And then you watched him swing and you're like, ooh, right away. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, probably fire my caddy if uh, told me to pull out driver there on 18. I'm not I'm not sure he needed to do that. Um, cause all he needed to do was par that hole, right? Yeah. I mean, that's all you have to do is par that hole, like lay up, have a nice approach shot, find your yardage, you know, that you want and get in there and, and, you know, make a par putt. And, uh, he was going for, it, it was a lot of fun to watch a tournament as a whole, man. There was a lot of things going on. Rory going the exact opposite way of what the numbers told us, uh, for the weekend, which is interesting, but Rory almost snuck into that playoff there at the end too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I wonder if he was even at the course anymore. Because <laughs> do you really think he thought he had a shot? No, I think he left right after his round. Yeah, so I mean, that would have been that would have been crazy. But like, uh, yeah, you're you just made the playoff. Um, you need to be back here. I mean, I don't even know what happens at that point. He left the ground, so is he just done then, or what? I mean, I don't know. Would they have waited for him? Yeah, I'm sure they were monitoring like. You know, if it was going to be close, he probably, I mean, he was probably still there. He was probably just hanging in the locker room or eating lunch. But yeah, he probably would have been getting ready if he thought if there was a chance. But once JT posted, there's no point. Yeah, that's a, I mean, once that shot, the, the, the shot that, uh, you know, JT had on 17, man, in that playoff, it was, you could have, everybody could just feel it and be like, all right, well, Willie Z, man. Peace out, because it's over. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you try to even survive that, because that was money. Yeah, I thought if it got to a playoff that JT had a huge advantage, just Ryder Cup experience, just winning majors. He definitely had, I wouldn't say had in the bag, but to be firing like that on Sunday and then just roll right into the next round or, you know, the playoff is going to be tough for anybody to beat him yeah a guy with a guy with that kind of experience and having been there before and just knowing what it takes I mean you could tell he was he had all the confidence in the world and you know Zalatoris was he seemed all right but I mean at the same time you know like that was grounds he hasn't really walked on before and um and then I'm sure you guys have seen the video uh maybe you haven't but the the video especially that's been running around TikTok or whatever with um his approach to the ball with his putter and just how crazy and all that's that goes with him. Like, I mean, I didn't have any confidence in him to make a big putt there down the stretch. 
I thought maybe he had a chance, but on that second hole and was the second, yeah, JT hits three wood on the green. Like you're, I mean, you know, he's going to make at least birdie. So right. Then the pressure's totally on him. He had, he was probably overmatched a little bit on that. I think yeah, a three person <laughs> playoff, he, he might've had a chance. Cause you know, you could, you could get a little crazy then. Well, a question I was going to ask you, Adam, about this was, I mean, you've been in you've been in some big spots, I'm sure, as far as uh, you know, playing competitive golf and everything. Is you're you're in Mito's position there, you know, what is going through your head and what what type of approach are you taking on that last hole? I mean, I'm I'm probably still hitting driver just because that's what you've hit all week. And for some reason, it seemed like on 18 that the ball was running out farther than it had before. And I don't yeah. know if he maybe yeah. just caught it extra flush or he had that adrenaline going, knowing I got a one-shot lead, you know, just pump it down there. But I think he did say he was trying to hit it to the left side of the fairway and, and just hit it too good, and it rolled out. I mean, that could have happened to any of those guys pretty easily. That's a crazy slope right there, just right before the creek. Right. And the balls would just hit, and the way the camera was, you couldn't tell if it was going to go in the water every time somebody teed off or not. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm sitting here, you know, watching it on my couch and I'm seeing that. It's like, what are you thinking? Well, I'm not exactly sure, you know, at times what he, what he is thinking because I, I've never been in that position, I guess, you know, as a, as a golfer. So it's like, what really yeah. is going through your mind at that time, knowing that all you have to do is, you know, par this hole. And yeah, I think he thought maybe if he hits three, what he's too far back and then, you know, with the course, like playing as tough as it was that, you know, he's got to hit a longer shot into that green and maybe it deflects back. I mean, wasn't it him that on, on nine, he took that drop on round three from the crosswalk and then spun it off the green. So maybe he was just had too many thoughts going in his head, probably it. But I mean, usually if you're hitting your driver, good, like last hole in the clutch, that's the club you're pulling no matter what. I mean, I would have definitely pulled driver. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, I, if that's what you've been using all week and you've been having success, why wouldn't you? Type yeah. attitude, right? Take, yeah, just don't continue risk it. Continue to use what got me here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that makes more sense now. I can, I can, I can, go, I can go to bed easy tonight now on that. I guess so. But I mean, he's not thinking that JT's coming from behind. I don't know if he's one of those guys that doesn't look at the scoreboard and see like. Oh, I've got to be two guys now, you know, or maybe he did look at the board and was like, oh, now I've really got to do something here. Because if he does hit a bad second, I mean, you know, that second shot's not easy. If he hits in the bunker, then, you know, he's looking at something difficult, too. So I don't know what it'd be nice to know what he was thinking. But my guess is he was just confident with the driver that week and decided, let's just go with it. You know, he's a web.com guy, you know, loves or corn fairy guy. So. You get enough wins out there, those guys are going for broke every hole. He just probably has that same mentality yet. He hasn't figured out how to gear it back if you got to in the clutch. That's true. And as as a competitor, it's really hard to, like you said, gear it back in the clutch, you know. I mean Yeah. That's that's tough. Very few players can do that. Adam, tell us about your trip this weekend. I've been waiting to ask you. I saw some pictures. It looked incredible. You're just living a life most of us dream of. I got invited on a trip up to Sand Valley. It's in Rome, Wisconsin. It's, you know, like the number one public course in America. It's like from the second you pull in the drive, it's like 
phenomenal. I mean, like everything's top notch there. I mean, the courses were really, really good. Uh, playable, I mean, super wide fairways. So playable probably for any skill level. I mean, we had guys that were plus handicaps, guys that were single digits, guys that were 15 and 20, and it was playable for everybody. So we played Mammoth Dunes the first day, which is, I, I personally liked it a little better than Sand Valley, but uh, then we played the par three sandbox course, which is 17 par threes. And it was, it was awesome too. I mean, just a fun little course, you know, from 40 to 90 yards and you just grab three clubs. They give you a little carry bag and you just roll around and play. And, uh, one of my guys on our trip actually had a hole in one on the par three. Yeah. He had a hole in one on one of the par threes. So that was cool. And then uh, we played the Valley course today, which is, it's a great course, just a great layout. A little windier, so it was more difficult, but uh, all in all, I mean, like, everything's good. The food there's good. The people are good. The caddies were amazing. The rooms, the lodges were, the we stayed at some cabins. They were just awesome. I mean, the whole thing was good. It's It's a good trip if you've, you know, got the money and you want to take a guy's trip, you know, it's a short drive from anywhere in the Midwest. I mean, they were booked solid both days we were there. So yeah, it's a, it's a good spot. Nice. I know Smitty, you said, you know, a couple of the caddies out there, you were asking who his caddy is. You have some connection to that place. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that, uh, have, uh, even come back and forth between Aaron Hills, <clears throat> excuse me, Aaron Hills and, uh, Sand Valley. So there, there are some guys up there and, um, actually, you know, the guy that, uh, like I was telling Adam earlier in the week that, uh, the guy that holds the, the course records, I believe still up there. Um, yeah, he, he was a, a caddy at Aaron Hills for a long time. Uh, you know, since I've been there as well. And, uh, I think he's still potentially a caddy up there. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him or seen him, um, anytime lately, but yeah, I asked the R caddy about that. If, I said, well, I heard that there's a caddy that has the course record. He has, oh, it's like a 61 on the on Mammoth and a or a 60 on Mammoth and a 61 on the Valley course. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I hit the ball good, but when you see those greens and the bunkering, it's like, dude, I don't know how anybody would shoot 60 there. Like that's that's a crazy good round. I mean, yeah, and from from what I was told by some other people that that you know, mutual friends is that he missed somewhere around a 10 footer, I think for 59. So he probably, that's, that's a that's whole other level. He pro- that's absolute insanity. He probably doesn't think about that ever. Yeah. And he's a, he's a local guy. He's uh, I believe he went to uh, Arrowhead high school in Heartland. Um, so. Ah. Yeah. It's those greens are just crazy. I mean, like the 18th green, there's 22,000 square feet. And I mean, like a normal golf course, you're probably like, 2400 square feet so i mean you could fit like a whole nine holes just on the one hole like it's pretty hard for people to understand how big that is yeah all right all right we have a golf tournament to talk about that's we got we got a golf tournament coming up this weekend the charles schwab challenge is that what you call it or or do do the cool guys call it the charles schwab 
I mean, that they, that's what they call it now because they get corrected, but it used to just be colonial. Like, that's what everybody knows it as. It's a colonial. Yeah, that's what sounded. It's a cor- tournament that's been around forever. That's what's- but there's money involved, Adam, so you've got to call it the Charles Schwab Challenge. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> as uh, Mayor, what's the name of the mayor in The Simpsons says, we have major corporations sponsoring this event at Colonial <laughs> Golf Course in Fort Worth, Texas. Smitty, tell us about this place. Quimby? I've never Quimby. Yes, Quimby. I thought the chief was Quimby, but it's no Chief Wiggum. Now I'm good. Now I can continue. Chief Wiggum. Yep. All right. <laughs> Smitty, what do you know about Colonial Country Club? I've never been there. Well, it's another like Perry Perry Maxwell course, right? Like, um, yeah. And uh, honestly, we're gonna see a lot of similarities um, this uh, this weekend again. You know, uh, just. You're telling me I should bet on Taylor Gooch lots again. Of, of, That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you love Taylor Gooch, man. So, but and he's he's a good player. But uh, like, just lots of dog legs again, you know, and you know, tons of greenside bunkers, and you got to be you got to be uh, pinpointed where you're gonna land your drives and everything, making sure that you're putting on the the right side of the the fairways and everything, um, you know, because. Um, I would say I wouldn't say, and Adam, you can correct me, but I, the the fairways aren't as undulated, right, as uh, as, as Southern Hills. Yeah, it's going to be a little flatter uh, yeah. layout just because it's in Fort Worth, so you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, like the big elevation like you do up to nine and eighteen. But it's going to be flatter fairways, but similar. I think it's been modernized, so you're not going to have like those crazy handcuff bunkers and. Uh, but it's going to be a very similar look off the tee every hole. Yeah, and then you got, I mean, longer longer par threes. Uh, most of the par threes, I think, can play 190 yards at the at, at least, right? If and then up to like 190 to I don't know 230 or something like that that they can play up to something close. If they get some wind, it's going to be you know we could see this on wind on Sunday. It could be the same chaos we had last week and. Actually, the week before, you know, they were in they were in Texas with super high winds. So, I mean, I still see the guys that played good last week uh, that maybe just missed out are going to be the ones that are going to be hot this week. And and you know, the guys that played the last two weeks in wind and crazy weather are going to probably be right there too. Yeah, you know, when I was watching, I was actually watching the flyover earlier today. One of the par threes really caught my eye. Um, was a hole thirteen. Um, it was one hundred ninety yards and. That you got to go over water, um, and then the front left, front left. There's a, there's right, just right past the water is a, is a big bunker and everything. And um, on the flyover, even they had the they had the pin placed up, you know, pretty much close like, to the water, closer to the water in the center. But if they move that thing front left, if they do that something like that on Sunday, man, that's gonna be that. And it's and if it's gust and wind and stuff, oh, I, I'd be I'm gonna be really interested to see how guys approach that if they play it safe and just putt you know hit it to the center of the green and then have to putt back down i don't know but that's that's a lot to ask too so that was that was an interesting one it's going to be a good tournament i usually after the major like you usually see these guys that just take it deep because it's not as difficult as a major so but and you usually see the guys that maybe missed out are the ones that are still have some anger in their system and want to get it going early so yeah but, you know, then you have all the Dallas guys that are going to be, you know, the favorite. I mean, if you look at the list of favorites, the top 
you know, three of the top four are all Dallas guys. So, right. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good tournament again. It is. It's going to be super competitive, man. Just look at this field and the guys that are in it again. This year. You'd think, you'd think it was a major almost again, right? Yeah. This is one of those tournaments. It's like Memorial or Arnie's tournament where they get them. They get a lot of guys just because it's one of those classic tournaments that everybody wants to win. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are definitely some guys that um, look pretty good, but then also some some guys are just like, well, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Like I'm not. JT's hitting it good, but I don't like him being a favorite this week. Coming off a win, off a major, it's draining. Yep. He gets a top ten probably for sure, but you know, I I think Scotty Scheffler's probably still a little pissed off about last week, and Jordan too, for that matter. Well, I mean, I think to be honest with you, if if Jordan could have figured out his putter at all last weekend, yeah, I mean, how does how is he not right there in the mix at the end? Because he was phenomenal everywhere else the entire weekend, but he just could not get anything rolling with the putter, and that ultimately killed him. And you could tell by his reactions too. I mean, he even had one of those putts again where he missed a two footer, and I think I screamed at the TV, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But that's just Jordan Spieth when he just doesn't have his putter rolling. He, I don't know if he just loses concentration at that point, and he's like, no, oh, it's a two-footer. I'll just tap this in, and he just misses it again. It's Yeah, it's he's so hot and cold, and I think we just got so used to seeing him with that hot putter for so long where he just seemed to make everything for a long stretch of period. So I I don't know if he's uh, – you know, he won here in 16, so I think – if he gets the putter figured out, he's definitely going to be a good t- contender. Yeah, I agree. But you know, then you had he finished runner up last year, so you've got uh, Jason Kokrak as the defending champion. Yeah, what do you th- what do you think about him? He hasn't done a lot. I mean, he won there. That's the best that he's done. I mean, he's like a you know plus thirty five hundred to win. So, but yeah, like you said, I like Taylor Gooch too. <laughs> That was the name as I just pulled it up was that popped out to me. Like he's been playing pretty steady. Now you get him on a course. That's not major difficult. You don't have to worry about being in a major. It's kind of fits into a lot of these guys. Is that going to make a big difference for a lot of people? A lot of these players not having that pressure. Yeah. There's no distractions and all the media. Like there's no, the scheduled press times and all that stuff that they've got to deal with with these majors. It's just a lot to deal with. You know, then they have all the extra people there with them and they're there three or four days early. I mean, some of these guys will probably roll in on, you know, Tuesday night, play Wednesday practice round or pro-am and then just fire away. Yeah, I mean, I was we we're talking about coke rack and stuff. And I, I was I was reading something on Golf Digest um, that Rick Gaiman wrote. And uh, he was talking about his coke racks like ability to crush long par threes and, you know, Obviously, he's he's coming off you know the victory from last year and everything too. But yeah. you know that's something that you need to have in your game because you watched last weekend with the long par threes and guys kind of looked silly at times with those long par threes, especially when wind is gusting. And if we're going to have a lot of the same conditions this this week, then yeah. you know someone who can who can really adjust to those long par threes is going to be good because a lot of times, what are you looking to do uh, on on some of those longer par threes? Is just par and get the heck out of there, you know? Yeah. The good thing is, is I don't think they'll have any cold. It's supposed to be, you know, 
upper 80s to 90s all week. So no snow in Texas right now. No, not right now. Currently, but yeah, I mean, you got to look at you know the same three: Scheffler, Marikawa, Spieth, you know Zalatoris. Just those guys that are kind of hitting right now. You know, even Victor Hovland, just like kind of hitting their stride where they're they're playing. They just you know have one round where it just all falls apart. You get them on a little easier course, it could be better. You know, it's the same like Maxwell. So you're going to have those same T angles and stuff. So I, I could, you know, it's going to be almost like a familiarity to what they're doing off the tee from last week. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could end up being guys who played solid last week. That could end up being a really, really positive. Like you said, is, well, I'm already comfortable with this kind of course layout. So I'm just going to go out and do the same thing again and feel good about it. And they, the things that they probably didn't do well last week, they're like, okay, well now I understand how to play a course like this a little bit better. And you know, it's not as tough of a course as far as the setup goes. So they're going to feel even more comfortable once they get rolling and stuff. So I think that a lot of these same guys could have that success again. I'm looking at the past winners and I'm seeing uh, the same names pop up a couple times here. Jordan Spieth since 2015 has won or or been runner up one, two, three, four times. Uh, Morikawa. Yeah, he loves the course. John Rahm yeah, he's is been in there. dynamite, man. Justin Rose is. When did he win? 2018. It's like a hundred to one. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, he. And, and, you know, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about that, too. I, I, we were texting each other, and I said, I said, you look at the, you know, the winners in the, the recent past, you know, Justin Rose oh, 50. Um, has the best, has the best four round, the you know, the, the best tournament um, total since, like, when he won in 18, since, like, 2010 or something like that. Yeah. So he, he kind of, he kind of looks as, like, a long shot because he's, like, I think I have him at like plus 5,000 or something like that. So I'm just like, you want to look at a, a long shot type guy. Yeah. He might be somebody to look at. I'm still very new to wagering golf. My process so far is look at the past 10 winners and then find courses similar to the course we're looking at and look at the winners there. And a lot of times there's a lot of the same names popping up. Yeah. And I think you got to look at too, you know, what, it, what kind of player it takes to have success on the course, you know, like this is going to be another, you know, ball striker tournament where these guys need to be pinpointed with their approach shots, um, smaller greens, you know, um, I don't know. Does it, it doesn't look like a course where you've got to be a bomber. I mean, if you look at the past winners, it's Daniel Berger, Kevin Na, Justin Rose, Kisner, Jordan Spieth, Chris Kurt, like guys that aren't super deep off the tee besides Kokrak. I mean, Pretty much every person on here for the last, you know, five, six years, even the runner-ups are all fairly, you know, average drivers of the ball. And isn't one of Kokrak's, like, strengths, especially for this course, is him, his ability to be able to, like, knock down certain clubs and stuff and, and not, yeah. you know, so I think that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, so it looks like guys that are usually good short game. I mean, Kisner plays pretty well in Texas. I don't know that I would, you know, pick him to win the thing, but that guy's just sneaky. Does it does it bode better for guys who aren't great putters um, to play 
on smaller greens. Does that have any kind of correlation there? Yeah, because, I mean, smaller greens aren't going to be, like, crazy slopey, and, and they can, you know, guys that are, I would say, aren't good putters are probably not good lag putters where you get them on these big greens and they can't get it close enough to the hole to make anything, where if you're on small greens, you know, you can be these guys that make, you know, 10, 15, 20 footers, like if they're 30 or 40 percent are going to be the ones that actually make more putts at these events compared to when you're playing on huge greens, because then it's comes down to the skill of being able to lag putt, which Jordan Spieth used to be good at that. And now he's just, you know, below average almost at that. Yeah, that's yeah, that was super frustrating to watch him last weekend. I hope I really I really hope and I think he's going to turn it around because I think he I think he's pretty pissed off and coming to a place he loves. I, I don't know. I just yep. I think he gets the putter worked out this week. I think so too. That's something that maybe it not Scheffler being major just, will help with. Yeah, and and he has so much pressure on himself to like win a PGA because that's the only one he needs, and. I think that's make it worse. Like the same thing with Rory at Augusta, but Rory said, you know, at the end of Augusta, like, I think I figured it out the formula on that last round, like what it's going to take to win here. So, yeah, I think for Spieth, I think uh, Spieth is worth a, the trifecta bet of just going top 10, top five and winner, you know, cause he's what plus 140 top 10 plus 300 top five and then plus 1200 to win. I like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Those are those are nice odds. Here's what I learned last week. Those exactas are sucker bets. There's no way. There's <laughs> no way. <laughs> I just it's like you I said, Smitty. I, I do. Golf like, is really hard. Yeah, and the best thing about the golf betting is like the earlier you bet, the better chances you have because the odds are so much better. Once they tee off, I mean, you saw those odds were like the same day odds were just going all over the board. Like as people switched, it was like, you know, first the, I checked it on after Thursday's round and Rory's like at a negative. And it's like after one round, like we hadn't even got to the second round yet. You know, it was like two tournaments. Right. Yeah. Like I love how about the fact that the defending, defending champ of this tournament, right? He, Jason Kokrak is plus one thirty top 20. Wow. You know, like, I think that's yeah. a, I mean, that's a pretty good bet. He's a yeah. plus three thirty for I, a top ten. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's another really one good you, stuff. I mean, there's tackle. some really good numbers in here. You know, you have even you you have like Victor Hovland for to be top ten is plus one ninety, and um, Taylor Gooch again plus three thirty top ten. But I don't know what yeah. is he. Let's see what is he uh, top twenty. Taylor, you Gooch, had a nice top, top 20, twenty bet was, on uh, the PGA Championship, did you not? Yeah, I did. I I had to. It had to it had to sneak in at the end, but I got it. I mean, um, I'll take it. Uh, I was I was sweating that one a little bit because I really needed that one. Um, needed Webb Simpson to bogey eighteen, and I called I called this caddy up quick while they were walking to the tee box and told him, "Hey, you gotta make sure that this happens for me." <laughs> and he came out, yeah, came in, came in like the clutch a little, for me. You guys are like a, your own little mafia. You stick together. You make <laughs> things happen on the golf course. I'm starting to see it unfold now. All right, let's narrow down our let's narrow down our outrights. And how should we should we keep a list, Chris, or like a board? Well, Adams Adams one for one. Yeah, so. yeah, we're good. Adams, Batting a thousand. 
He gave me Scotty Scheffler for the for the Masters too. The Masters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, Adam's on fire. I think we get everybody everybody needs to start uh, start tailing Adam like crazy right now. Better be starting to post all your bets on Twitter so everybody knows. If I start hitting, I might be able to move up to, you know, like work for the Vegas Sportsbook or something if I if I get a 3 in a row here. Well, then we'd, I mean, then we'd hit a sponsor. We'd hit a sponsorship in a, in a heartbeat yeah. then, wouldn't he's we? He's going to go Beyonce and leave us in the dust. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, the best, the best bet I heard was that <clears throat> if Tiger were to win, it would bankrupt the Vegas yep. Sportsbook, which that it's didn't work crazy. out. <laughs> I had all my money on Tiger this last week. The amount of money people still put on Tiger is nuts. Yep. It's a long shot. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and it's it's a name that everybody knows, and then they see the yeah. odds, and it's like, wow, wow, well, we could see real, you know, like we were talking about last week. Oh, vintage tiger, this vintage tiger, yeah. that. Everybody just wants to hold on and just, yep. Come on, man, she's not you know, coming. Give it back. to us one more time. He's he's back. getting closer. I mean, he did put two nines together on separate days where it was vintage. I mean, the ra- the back nine to make the cut was pretty impressive. The walking just yeah. just burns him out. I think yeah. It burnt me out watching him try to walk. Yeah, I think JT's out just because of last week. He's probably hasn't touched a club. Probably won't until Wednesday it's party afternoon. Party time for JT. Yeah, I'm surprised that <laughs> I'm surprised that he's even playing. I can't believe he he came on like I think he uh, I heard I heard a clip of him on like Sirius XM and uh, last night and uh, he's like, oh yeah, this is a really important stretch for me, so I'm playing. And I was I was shocked by that. I thought he was just going to withdraw. I was. I think he's ramping up for the U.S. Open, like. Because that's going to be a good test. Yeah, and it's only a month away, man. Yeah. So, less than. I mean, I don't think Jordan's going to let him stay with him this week because, you know, now he's got the two trophies Jordan needs. <laughs> All right. Who do we like? Who's going to win this thing? Give me five guys from five. which I can choose one who's going to win this thing. I only have crazy long shot bets in so far. Okay. I like a. Uh, Scotty Scheffler again. Uh, Spieth. Spieth has got to be furious. Hovland. Victor Hovland. Uh, yeah. Uh, Taylor Gooch. Yeah. And uh, Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel. Never heard of this man. Yeah. He's kind of slowly been playing good the last last month. Well, that's what we want. Yep. These are outright winners, Christopher. Smitty, how do you feel about that list? How does yours look? Yeah, I mean, I have I have Spieth and uh, I have Colin Morikawa on there. Ooh, ah, I have, a past runner-up, uh, Hovland, Victor Hovland. Um, I, you you have to put you have to put Scotty on there, especially after the disappointing weekend that he had last week, and you have to. I think he's just been playing too well, and it's it's almost gotten to the point now where it's like, okay, well, he had a hiccup, and he's going to be right back to it. So, I mean, how is he not um, right there? Um, I didn't, didn't really have a fifth one. Um, that don't don't throw one out you know, just to throw one out. You know, if you give I us four and you hit it, that's even more impressive. <laughs> All right. I, I I was like I was torn between I was torn on how I felt completely about Zalatoris and how he was going to play this week. He he's an interesting one to me. I don't because part of me is like well. He's going to be really pissed off, and he's going to want to come in and play, and he's going to want to play well, and he's going to be aggressive, especially early on, and really get things rolling. And but then there's another part of me where he's kind of heartbroken, and you know, like someone kicked his puppy, and he's going to come in and just lay a dud. I don't know. I just I don't know. Just being so young, I'm not really sure where 
he falls yet. Um, I would lean towards him playing well, but I can't pick him as a winner. I don't know. It's tough. Well, the bread and butter bets are the top 10s and the top 20s. That's where, from what I've learned since I've turned my degenerate dial from 11 to 7, I've learned that's where you want to be. Is this where we look at local knowledge guys, people familiar with the course, or are we sticking with guys who have been playing well, guys who win on similar courses? How do you guys approach the your, guys that have been, your top 10 and top 20? I, I would look at the guys for top 10s that are maybe have been playing good, but they're not long ball hitters like uh, Daniel Berger, Kevin Na. I feel like this week is going to be a breakout event for one of these guys that's hasn't done anything. Or, I mean, you know, p- people don't like Patrick Reed, but he's he's been – He's been playing good too. You know what's crazy? Like that you said that about Patrick Reed. Like nobody likes Patrick Reed. So that was I remember back when the open was here and he uh he was walking around the course all 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 over the place, it seemed like, and um people people were like, Oh yeah, like Patrick Reed, you know, not a great dude. But he was I, I thought he was really cool and he was he was talking to all kinds of people during the open. So I don't know. That was I got a different vibe from him when I when I like had any sort of close closer to proximity um, interaction with him. Yeah. I like the guy just cause he's like a guy that grounded out. Like he came out the same year Spieth did and he got like no attention. It was all on Spieth and the dude made like seven Monday qualifiers before he finally won. It was like insane. Like nobody's ever done that. Yeah. That's nuts. Grinder. I mean, and Ricky Fowler actually played pretty well too this week, which I was surprised. First, I was surprised he was in the field, but then that he played well. He seems super composed all weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He he just looked like he kind of kept it together, but he just did. He kind of had a few bad breaks, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. I'm looking at some of the. You're not willing to bet him to win plus ten thousand? Uh, no, I don't think he's ready yet. I mean, I think he still needs. You know, I think he's going to maybe get one of these ones in the next three or four weeks, but if he has a good week this week, I think next week he could be a favorite for me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of the top 20 bets so here. Um, Kevin Na, you mentioned, is plus 130, and Sung J.M. is also yeah. plus 130. Um, Harold Varner, plus 160. I like, I like Sung J.M. top 20 for sure, and yeah. maybe even top 10. Yeah. Is that... Has he? He's a guy that he's a guy that can like be really streaky hot with his putter, right? Guy yeah. that can really get it going. So if he if he starts seeing some success early on in the tournament, he could really start turning some heads as the weekend continues. I noticed, yeah, uh, and even Justin Rose too. Justin Rose, yeah. What's Justin? What's Justin Rose for a top twenty? He is at plus two twenty. Yeah, his odds seem long for a former winner. I got him on the offshore. At fifty to one, he's uh kind of been all over the map. Oh, he's inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Plus eleven hundred top five for Justin Rose, though. Ooh, that's fun. I think uh, Abraham Answer's been playing well too for a top twenty at plus one sixty. Agreed. What about Rory Sabatini plus four fifty top twenty? Is that crazy? That could be good. He's he's a Dallas guy. He lives in Dallas. I think he maybe is a member at this place, but I'm not 100% sure. I think that's probably as far as I should um, scroll. Maybe JT Poston. Is this I far? got 
one other guy. So this is funny. So I know we're, we're going to talk about like first round leaders at some point here, I'm sure. But yep. And so I have, I have a friend of mine that I, that I've talked to you guys before that I, I would like to bring on the show sometime. Cause I think he would give some really good insight, especially with creating lineups on DraftKings and FanDuel and that type of thing. And, um, but I was talking to him. That'll about, be great when about we get our fan sponsorship. Like, right. Yeah. Guys like shining a little bit and, and stuff. And I was talking about that first round leaders. And I, he said a guy is like Sebastian Munoz. He's like always Sebastian uh, Munoz. That's what he, that's what yeah. he texted me. And then uh, I looked at, I was looking at some of his numbers and everything, you know, I mean, for him, a top 10, what was that? Plus 450 plus, and then he was plus 6,000 to win plus a thousand for, uh, um, top five. And then what was he for top, top 20? He was plus 200. Um, but, uh, you know, he's kind of one of those guys like in the middle there that he hasn't missed a cut since what, January. I think yeah, he's, and, pretty, he's been pretty solid all year. Yeah. He's been really good. Um, and, uh, he's been, he's been like positive strokes gained for within it, within his approach shots. I believe it is. Um, since since then since then he when he missed uh, missed the cut in January so he's been playing some really good golf so he could be a a guy that has some really good odds to put some money on their top 10 or top 20 top 10 yeah i'm doing uh top 20s i've got it i'm i'm going to risk it on a few long shots this week that's what we like to hear yeah some guys that are like i feel like they're on the verge of you know like getting up into that top 10 spot maybe like the guys that grad, some of the guys that graduated from the web this week. Uh, I've got Max McGreevy. I like plus two thousand for a top twenty. Uh, Kevin Tway for plus nine hundred, and Doc Redman. I believe he's from Dallas area at plus nine hundred. Also, ooh, these three are solid guys that are just kind of been there. They've been flirting with the cut line, or they've just made it past. And I, I think that this type of course is going to fit well for those guys. Like. Just because they're going to be used to that heat, they're going to be used to the wind. They're all two of the guys are Oklahoma guys, so I think that's going to be a little bit of an advantage. Those three will be our first three in the top twenty category, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Give us those one more time. Uh, Max McGreevy. Old Max McGreevy at plus two thousand. Doc Redman. Doc, I was just going to say, that's and, that's an auto bet for me. A guy named Doc Redman? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and then Kevin Tway. Another solid name. And then I've got Abraham Answer also, because I think he's, he's just been playing good. That's feels like a, almost a free money bet. Favorite kind. Yeah, I like Answer there, too. Top 20 bets like Answer and Gooch and Kokrak, I think, and, and Sunjay are, yeah. are, are some that I like. Sungjay M. We got yeah, he's going really, on plus one thirty. The whole the whole COVID thing with him, I would have really liked to see him play last week because then you'd have an even better read on how he's going to play this week, probably. Yeah, man, there's so many guys that are on here that are like that are playing that I had no idea were even still on tour. <laughs> I mean, Luke Luke Donald, I I didn't I didn't know this guy even was still playing. I was seriously just going to ask you that same question was was Luke Donald like what's going on with Luke Donald these days? I think he went through a swing change, switched back to his old college coach, went to a different one, and then he went back. And he just like, I think he's just struggling. Like he's in between swing thoughts or he doesn't have the length anymore. I mean, I think it's just a myriad of things, but he, he's just not, 
playing well. I mean, he hasn't played well in five years, probably. Yeah. You don't even, you literally don't hear his name anymore. And I was just looking at this list and his name popped up. I'm like, wow, I don't remember the last time I've even heard him be relevant. He's that guy people talk about when they say, you know, you could just go around and get 114th place and make a pretty good living. Yeah. I mean, like Charles House is like two wins and the guy has like 46 million in career earnings. Never lost his card. It's like crazy. Matt Flynn of golf, just cruising around cash and checks. Should we talk uh, round one leaders? I love round one leaders. That's what that's what made it profitable for me last week. We got yeah. I gotta like I said. I gotta go with my go with my my guy. You know, and I might put a little might be worth a um a little little ten dollar bet to put put on Munoz. You know, plus plus five thousand. I think it is maybe. It's always Munoz. Um, and then, but I, I, I do, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's gonna love this when he listens. He's gonna <laughs> love it. Um, but uh, I like Spieth too, uh, plus twenty two hundred. That was kind of one that I circled right away. I mean, I know that I've just, I know the last two weeks now I've just been all over Spieth, but it's like I, he's good at the golf. A guy that's had such the last five six years, you know, on this course that he's had such success. How do you not kind of ride those coattails a little bit and see how he does? Exactly. Because he kind of he kind of fizzled out last year. I think he shot three over in the last round last year. So I mean, I could see him having another really strong start to the tournament this year. What about uh, Mito? Do you think he might be a first round leader? Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira. He. Uh, I, I really like the way that his um, post presser went, and yeah, I think probably. that he did and said all the right things. And I, I so I, I don't feel like he's going to be overly affected by last week. So I mean, I don't hate it by any means. I think he maybe has, you know, like a pretty solid first two days and then just fizzles out. I was just looking down the list how far down we have to go for guys that are good in first rounds. You scroll down here and you see some interesting stuff. Um, you guys were talking about Abraham Answer. He's forty to one to be first round leader. Does that have any any merit to it? Uh I don't think I don't think he would be a first round leader. How many did you get from Smitty there? Three? Two? Ooh, here's a here's another name to put out there just to Adam to hear your thoughts on what about what about Max Homa yeah he he's been playing solid too I mean he he's got power to get a good score going too what's he going off at on first round leader 30 to 1 plus 3,000 yep 30 to 1 yeah I like that yeah all right give us three Adam Give us three first round leaders um, you like. You like uh, Max Homa. I've got Speeth. Yeah, I've got Max Homa, uh, Mito Pierre, Pereri, and uh, Jordan Speeth. Speeth the plus twenty two hundred. This is what I love about first round leader bets. Number one, you get paid right away on Thursday night, and number two, it's all twenty to one or fifteen or. 25 to one. It's beautiful. <laughs> Eric, I was, I was thinking about you when I was looking at a lot of these odds and uh, last week and you just kept saying, Oh, that's, that's worth a $1 bet. It's right? Not, there. It's not, it's yeah. not 500 to one. You, you click on it and you push $1 and it says $500 in the box next to it. And you're like, I can't afford not to do this. No, you're lighting those dollars on fire. One by one is what you're doing. Look. I just want you to know that I was thinking about you and I was looking at some of these odds. And I learned like, well, that's worth a one. I learned some, as your pen clicks. I'm like, all right. I learned some valuable lessons last week. And I, I assume I'll learn some more this week. Um, no, what else we got? We got, are there any 
props you guys like missed cuts etc i'm not familiar with, familiar with all the golf props just yet golfer props tournament props. Uh, the wire to wire one is pretty huge payout which would suggest that it's never happened here or at least for a while yeah wow even i mean justin thomas at 50 to 1 is as low as he gets wow these are fun oh no <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh oh, what a full Kevin Na just took the whole thing, right? I mean, we could buy a whole yeah, new studio or Ryan Palmer on a, on a ten dollar bet tournament prop wire to wire winner. Oh, just yes, just a just a flat yes is eleven to one winner and final pairing. Is that something that just that just happens most tournaments? Because that's always heavily juiced. It does, but I like not. After last week, you know, if it's a windy round on Sunday, I like the winner not coming from the final uh, round for sure. Value there. Wouldn't you think, Chris? I mean, if, if it's a four, you know, four or five shot lead and the wind's blowing 30 or 40, like you could see some real chaos from a guy who maybe tees off not in the peak of that wind. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, so I really I really haven't thought about that bet specifically, but... All these make the cut bets are garbage. They're all minus three hundred. Yeah, they're terrible. I don't. I don't like do the make miss cut bets. I don't. I don't yeah, I, I don't know why people really look too much into those. I mean, unless you have somebody who's a long shot. But there's really even. You're you're more looking at what guys are going to have an off week, and you're going to bet on to miss yeah. the cut rather than to make the. Yeah, cut. I would never lay minus three hundred on anything. I mean, miscuts, I no, guess. Miscuts like betting the under. You're just rooting for failure the whole time. It's it's a tough way to live. Yeah, betting the under. Yeah, that's, that's not very <laughs> It's a fun. stressful life. It's not under until it's all yeah, the way who, over. Because uh, who sits there and like, yeah, I'm taking the under tonight, oh, and tough. you're going to sit there and cheer for no scoring and just an awful game like like the Heat last night starting the game 0 for 14 yeah. from the floor. <laughs> yep. The only thing. You know, it's just got it the same way in golf, man. I turned on the Rangers – um, Hurricanes game the other night and it had just started and I bet only Carolina to score. I thought it was a live bet for the first period, but it was for the full game. That was fun. They actually won the game two to nothing. I had the time of my life rooting for a shutout, but <laughs> normally root betting the under is a, is a miserable existence. Yeah, but that's, that's different in hockey though. Yeah, that's different though, because scoring's so hard to come by and there's so many shots on goal in hockey. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if it's I mean not to go get, all that the way gets the exciting. Weeds, but we're getting like 50 shots on goal. I don't remember that when I was a kid that happening. I think it's a more aggressive game nowadays. All right, we're off track. What, do we have all the information we need, Chris? Do we have our outrights, our top 10s, top 20s and uh I think top 10 what top 10s and top how should we separate those? The top 10 and 20s is where you make all your money. How should we separate yeah. those? We kind of talked about both all at once, didn't we? That's my fault. That's you can just bet them both. I mean, the 10 and the 20. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, if you're betting them on one, you're probably betting them on both, to be honest. Maybe we'll talk about top 20s and then in the top 20s, the guys that they like for top 10 will say, and you also probably wanna probably wanna bet this guy top ten. Then we'll have in the same conversation, we'll yeah, get like both. Speed. Yeah, Spieth yeah. is a both. Yeah. We're getting it ironed out. But if he wins, then you hit all three, so that's even exactly. better. True story. That's beautiful. That's like the team total, the over and the and the win. That's that's like a craps table bet right there. 
I guess we wrap it up now, huh? All right. Let's make some money this weekend and pay for all the pool passes and barbecue supplies. Thank you, Adam and Smitty. Thank you, people, for listening. We truly do appreciate it. If you like this show, help us grow. Please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, Google, or whatever platform you're using. It seriously helps. It's not like a real vote that barely matters. Reviews move markets or just tell one person, hey, I found this great golf show. You should check it out. That kind of thing does wonders for us as well. Word of mouth is still king in 2022. Adam, where can the people find you online? You are at AC Miller PGA on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yep. And, and the golf out. show on Instagram is at Plus Money Golf at PSR Golf Plus. on Twitter. Smitty, where can the people find you? Uh, on Twitter at C Smith Eight. At C Smith Eight. I love that. The first Smith. Yep. With the F. At Adam, what is our Facebook? You guys got a whole Facebook set up too. We're getting a TikTok. Yeah, we've got a Facebook plus Money Golf. Uh, Instagram plus Money Golf. I mean, look us up, like it, share it with friends, invite them to the pages. Yeah, we got a Facebook group going. We're talking about golf and bets and betting on golf. It's a good time. Smitty, you got TikTok going, or uh, what are you what are you doing with that? I mean, we got we're going to be social media. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping we can get TikTok going pretty soon here. Outstanding. You got your you got your finger on the pulse of what's cool, so I trust that you have it covered. All right, I think we're good. Adam, wrap the show up. Hit him well, boys.